podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Moreland Salmon. As you can tell, we're both very excited because you know why? High school sports are back. Yep. We got some Bay Area teams coming back, but we're also expanding some of our footprint into Northern California this weekend. We've got some big cover game coverage coming up. We'll get into that in a little bit towards the end of this podcast. But you know what? It feels like last season just ended with sports. I feel like we were just at the baseball championships and track championships and the CCS. It's only all, been two months. Yeah, all, it doesn't feel like it's been two months. All of a sudden, that whirlwind of a sports season from football, and then you have a basketball, you have a baseball and a softball game to basketball at night. So you got volleyball to all these other sports going on. Now we've got this normal sports season right now. And the high school football season in parts of the Bay Area, the Vacaville, Fairfield region starts their official games tomorrow. Sacramento, a lot of the Central Valley starts tomorrow in the Sac Joaquin section. And then a lot of Bay Area football teams will also be scrimmaging this weekend as well. There's a lot of big scrimmage matchups coming up too. But Greg, what's the excitement level been like from programs you visited about a normal season and a postseason, I guess fans being able to go back to Yeah, no, I mean, I think the excitement level has been really big, and I think there's still that sense of gratefulness that, hey, we, this time, like, we're not just on the field. We get a full season. We get a chance at playoffs. We get, we get everything that we got to miss last year. Last year was, all right, let's get as many games in as possible. It's really all about film, you know, and just play. This year you see, okay, this is about winning state titles. This is about winning a championship. This is about coming together as a team and doing all this sort of stuff. So it's a different sort of gratefulness. And then, like you said, for the fans, you know, there's only, there's so many people that didn't get a chance to go out there last year and actually participate and be around these teams. And I think you can tell, like, you know, I, I want to do it for the people that couldn't see last year. Um, and it's exciting. I, everyone has that sense of let's go out there and get it this year and you can tell by the schedules that as you know we're going to go through some of these divisions here on the next couple podcasts you can tell some of these schedules is insane um what we got like number 11 verse 17 and then number two verse number 10 yeah, yeah something like that tomorrow alone, yeah. right so i mean all, these schedules are we didn't get to do this last year obviously a lot of it was in conference play so let's go out there and just Let's try and beat every big team out there. And I think it's it's a ton of fun. Um, and I, I'm excited, and I know everyone else is super excited. There's none of the county-by-county county restrictions, right? Last right. year, a lot of counties, you can only play teams next year, county this year. It doesn't matter. Again, you've got De La Salle in a month and a half play St. Francis Academy, a nationally yeah. ranked matchup. St. Francis Academy coming from Baltimore, one of the more rising national programs the last five, six years. So many big games. I think the thing, though, I'm really excited about, student sections are back. I don't know what it would have been like for the senior class because a lot of kids in the senior class never would have had a varsity experience. Most of them in two years, they lost that student section experience. Last year, they would have lost it again this year. I'm glad that they get to at least get one season of it. You get the bands back, and there's something about the sound of the band throughout the game, just playing their different songs, like tequila. You got theme songs coming on throughout where it's just – you get that full Friday Night Lights feel, and it's finally back. I think a lot of these kids feed off of that energy too, right? Because – there's nothing quite like an atmosphere when you have fans inside a stadium, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, track and field. When you have that just kind of intensity around you, it just amplifies everything. Um, and you can tell the student sections at the Monte Vista San Ramon Valley game last year. You could tell the hypeness was there. Obviously, Monte Vista was struggling as a crosstown rivalry and whatnot, but the intensity of fans just being there just makes it that much better. 
It really does, and it juices us up too, right? It yeah. juices up oh, everybody in that atmosphere. There's just more at stake with students today. There's more at stake when there's students at a rivalry like Monta Vista SRV. You look in that league foothill Amador, just every rivalry in the Bay Area you'll get once you get those students there. It's a different ball game. Yeah. It's it's so much better. It just becomes creates a better atmosphere. You get all the kids going to somewhere to get burgers after the game and just talk some more trash after that. Usually too. in and out. Maybe, yeah, maybe create some food fights like we saw. I think six or seven well, years. I ago. worked at In and Out. Don't do that. Be respectful to the workers there. Go outside and do it. You can do that inside. Just inside nice too, too much. Yeah, outside if you want to do it. Parking lot on the street. Do, do whatever you want. But I, I agree with inside the restaurant isn't good. But you know what? We've talked about league previews. We're gonna go through some East Bay leagues this week. We'll go through more leagues, obviously next week on a few podcasts for our league previews. We've got some up actually on our website at westcoastpreps.com. We've got everything from key players to projected standings award winners big games everything you could think of on there is in these previews as comprehensive as it's going to get for you so check that out at westcoastpreps.com but our first one we've had debates about this if it's the best league in the bay area or not we're not going to get into that the only debate we're having today is how this league shakes out you've got santa Monica valley you've got monta vista you've got cal you've got clayton valley charter who won the league last year won the state title two years ago amador valley jumps in it's that's a tough league. It, it's, yeah, like you said, we're not going to debate if it's the best league today, but the amount of great teams and amount of great games you're going to see in that league and in that division is incredible. Um, just going through each and every single one of these teams, and obviously they all play De La Salle as well, who's technically a part of that division, but they don't count towards league titles and whatnot. Um, I'm excited. And I, I think that we've kind of almost as far as Clayton Valley Charter, almost seems like we kind of discounted them a little bit, but they are defending league champs. They still are, that's but right. But that just goes to how good San Ramon Valley is. Cal, who honestly could have had a better record than what they <laughs> finished with last year. Monta Vista obviously went 0-6 and probably should have had a better record than what they finished with last year. So all these teams of like, man, we could have been this good last year. And even San Ramon Valley is probably like, man, like, we, we probably could have won that Clayton Valley Charter game, and I know that that's motivating them a lot. Um, and they saw Clayton Valley Charter celebrate on their field, and they all those seniors coming back, everyone who's coming back from that team last year is like, I'm, I'm not letting that happen again. You know, I don't want anyone celebrating on my field. And what so, did Caleb Padrick tell you after, see, when you went to practice, I think, last week? He said he remembers that. He was yeah. sitting there after he shook hands. He was sitting there, and he was watching them celebrate. He's like, right. this is never happening again. Never again. And, I, you know, I, he was telling me, too, you know, that's kind of his mantra this year never again you know he wants to go off and do big and great things and that's kind of what he wakes up and tells himself every morning never again so what where do you want to start which team do, do we kind of want to go over first we'll go because, San Ramon Valley they're okay. they're stacking this year at least in my opinion they're the favorites in this league yep. kind of the same thought process from you I know you were at practice last week but what were some of your takeaways and are you kind of in agreement with me on that yeah no I, I totally agree I, th- I think coming into this season they're without a doubt the favorites um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go in and steamroll anyone out here but they're 100% the favorites I mean you look at what they're bringing back and Tanner Salisbury is coming back from modern day um, and then you have Jackson Brown on the O-line on the offensive line from you know start to finish is amazing. Caleb Bridget on the outside, Caden Ridley on the outside. Um, just and then all of that with Jack Quigley at quarterback, who I think is probably at the end of the year when we do our rankings, I project he's going to be a top ten player in the Bay Area. Uh, I think he's just that good. He's that talented, and you can tell the confidence and the aura around him. And I think that 
trickles all the way down the roster. Yeah, there's something about Jack Quigley that just stands out. I know he's only got that one offer from William and Mary right now, but I'm the way he's just had that workout with San Jose State, like he mentioned, he'll be with you last week at practice and everything else. I think he's going to at least be a Mountain West player, maybe even somewhere else too. He's that good. He's a leader. He's got the talent. But he's got Caleb Padre and Caden really next to him. J.P. Murphy is at San Diego State, that big-time tight end graduates. But they have another big tight end comes in, mm-hmm. Tyler Hoffman. There's a 2023 tight end in Riley Gann there too. He's back from IMG Academy after last year. Tanner Salisbury moved back from modern day after spending last year there. His first year as a high school rat ass every He's longtime best friends with Quigley. Yeah. He was also a great receiver as a sophomore. He's a three-star linebacker. He's got over 10 offers. You've got Jack Catterton's a fantastic linebacker. He had six tackles for a loss in one game against Cal last year. He had 16 tackles in that game as well. You've got Zedarian already a lockdown cornerback who we saw in the club football scene in Southern California built off of that. He forced a fumble that really changed that Cal game to get that win. He also is a big-time running back, one of the better running backs in the area. So San Ramon Valley this year, I just don't see anybody being better than them in that league. Now let's go through their schedule real quick. Week one, they go after Vintage. What do you? What's your projection? We'll just kind of go through predictions throughout their whole schedule here. So I think Santa Monica Valley does win that one. I think just now here's the thing: both teams do have fantastic offensive lines. You can argue both of them have top five offensive lines in yeah. Northern California. Right? Because Vintage has Louis Canepa, got some offers. They've got Preston Golem. You've got Dylan Smith as a running back. He had a little over fifty <clears throat> carries last year and had almost nine hundred rushing yards. Yeah. Stupid stats. San Ramon Valley, though, I think just has too much. They're going to be at home. They're going to have that crowd. Never again is what they said. San Ramon Valley's not going to lose here. I think San Ramon Valley's going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be a 28-24 ball game. It's going to be it's going to be a tough one. That's going to be one of the trenches. I think SRV's got just enough. I think that tight end power, too, is really going to be the difference. You've seen what they do with a tight end there. makes such a difference. Also, I don't know what's going on with tight ends in Danville. Throughout the history from Zachers to these guys, but we'll get yeah. more into Montevista's great tight end they've got too. I think they would take that vintage game. Got a prediction on that? Yeah, so I think they go one and zero against Vintage. Um, like you said, it's going to be a tough game. These are two top ten teams, um, and yeah, I, I'm excited to see how that one ends up turning out though. And then we move to the week two, another tough game, Bishop O'Dowd, and a game that was really close last year. Um, I'm going to go that they win that one as well, and they're going to move to 2-0. I think Bishop O'Dowd has improved, but I think San Ramon Valley has improved that much more as well. Yeah, Bishop O'Dowd's got a fantastic defense. One thing David Perry really installed last year during a pandemic, it's hard to get any offense going during that, but what he did with that defense was ridiculous. They were, I know they do lose Caleb Branscombe. He was a big-time player on that side of the ball that graduated. Harrison Jenkins is now playing Division One football on the East Coast. There's so much talent coming back. Sean Ramirez Pacheco is a leader. You've got a running back, pretty much a do-it-all athlete, Matt White, top receiver, top running back there. I think O'Dowd's going to make this one tough. I know they're very – I was talking, they're very pissed off about what happened to SRV last year because they had, I think, what was it, three turnovers mm-hmm. in that fourth quarter, and they lost that game by one score to SRV. So they knew after that game – we're not going to let this happen again either. It's kind of the same thing, never again with O'Dowd, right? Yeah. I still think SRV is going to pull this one out. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough game though. Yeah. I think that's that that's a twenty four twenty one ball game. I know SRV's got all the offensive talent, but don't forget Bishop O'Dowd's got a fantastic defense. They're going to run the ball a lot. 
So it's not going to be that kind of Texas Tech-Arizona State game you're going to think of in terms of scoring. Yeah. I mean, two tough games to coming out for that. And then they move to Antioch um, after a bye week. So they go vintage Bishop O'Dowd bye week in week three, and then they go to Antioch and play at Antioch. Yeah, I think they're going to win that one. I know there's a lot of excitement at Antioch this year. They do lose Cameron Wright. They do lose Jalen Weaver to Nebraska. But one prospect they really love is Isaiah Pino. In all-league selection on both sides of the ball, that San Juan Valley, too much firepower, I think, wins that one on the road to go to 3-0. They've got Los Lomas after that. Then they go to Foothill to end the non-league slate. Some tough games there. Los Lomas, I know that was a close game. You saw last year Jermaine Lands really had a breakout game for Los Lomas. Then Foothill, the EBAL Valley champs last year, they've got tons coming back with their quarterback, Nick Walsh, a great offensive line, Kenny Olsen, Connor Perez alike, but San Ramon Valley, I think, through non-league, will be at 5-0. and It's not going to be an easy 5-0 and by any stretch, but they will be 5-0. and Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think if they can get those through those first two games, um, I think that confidence of winning those first two games will propel them to a 5-0 and preseason. And then we move to the conference, and we'll kind of get more into some of these predictions as well. But which team do you want to move on to before we go into conference play? Let's go into Clayton Valley. You know, the defending league champs, you know, we could probably say we're sleeping on them a little bit too. That's yeah. nothing against Clayton Valley, but that's how good their league is. That senior class of Clayton Valley last year was phenomenal. I know they've got a lot coming in every program in this league, right? We saw Clayton Valley two years ago was 5-5 five and five in the regular season. Yeah. And they win a state championship. So, you know what? Even if you're not projected as a top dog in that league, you know, finish as a top dog in that league, does it really make that much of a difference when it comes to the postseason? You're still winning big. Clayton Valley is the best example of that. They've got an interesting schedule, too. They've got, you look at their non-league, they've got Turlock, they've got Del Oro, they've got Liberty from Bakersfield and the Honor Bowl that we'll be at. They've got Stellar Prep, who actually just added Josh Nisa from San Leandro, then Monterey Trail, a top-10 team in Northern California on the road, a Saturday night game, too. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be, I think their schedule, um, you know, I think what they're going to be doing here is they're going to build a lot of confidence in the preseason um, and going into this non-conference play. Um, and Monterey Trail is obviously, you know, top 10 team in NorCal probably this year again. Um, but I think that they're also going to go, I think, 4-1 and one here in the preseason. Um, or sorry, 5-1. and one. That's Marina as well. Um, but I think that they're going to build a lot of confidence I think that they still just are just one step below once they get into to league play. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they do though. They lose a ton in their senior classes. There's a lot of key departures leaving this team, but they still have a young quarterback. They still have some young receivers that are returning to this team from last year's team. That I think they'll still be still be a really good team. Yeah, they've got the Bush brothers coming back, right? That quarterback wide receiver tandem. I know Bush. He's on the quarterback bus, right? Came in there yeah. late in the season, had that victory there. You've got Brandon Bush, Alex Bush. You've also got Rasan Woodlands. Amari yeah. Taylor does graduate, but Rasan Woodlands a really powerful running back. He's good. He's a guy you got to watch out for. Get their senior linebacker, Tariq Adams. I don't know what it is about linebackers at Clayton Valley. Last year they had Lucas Linkhart and they had Dylan Seeley. This year they've got Tariq Adams coming back. That's going to be a good team. But I think Santa Monica Valley's the team everybody's chasing this year. I know you're the champion until you're not, but I think this year 
the consensus of Santa Monica Valley is that top dog in Clayton Valley and these other schools are just a little bit below. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on Monta Vista though this year? And obviously a brand new head coach, really a splash in the hiring process there with CJ Anderson, the former Super Bowl champion from, you know, coming to Monta Vista and being the head coach there. Uh, the, the team seems to be very uh, excited about the, the direction that they're going in right now, but what are your thoughts on what they're going to do this year? I think it says in our Bay Area football rankings, right, they're a top 15 team, and they didn't win a single game last year. But that goes to show you, Monavis, so last year, we've probably said it 50-plus times, they were the best 0-6 team ever with that roster. How many winless teams have Jack Endries on their roster? Rock Up Strom, Nick Strump, Dylan Devitt. They even they had Gavin Cribb, they had Josh Sizing, both graduated, those two, but there's so much coming back you have to love. And C.J. Anderson, too, he comes and he's establishing that culture. He's reminding them, hey, I don't care how much talent you guys have. You guys were 0-6 last year. You yeah. did, right? Top crap at the end of the day. It's time for us to pick it up. And I think he's got a great senior class to really build that culture. Well, sometimes when you come in, you need some help with a great class. Senior class, great senior leadership. I think they've got Nick Strumps, a really smart kid on the offensive line. He's got that offer from Lewis and Clark he got over the summer. I think he's going to get a lot more offers coming up soon. One of the better offensive linemen in the region. You've got Jack Andrews, who led the team in receiving almost 500 receiving yards last year. You've got quarterback Dylan Devitt, the number three passer in the North Coast section. Closer, right? Great receiver. Was out a little bit last season. You've got Rocco Stram, who's the scary part. He's a Colgate lacrosse commit. Yet now he's got a football offer from Puget Sound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton, a ton of talent all over that field and you could see it last year that the talent was there they just couldn't get over that hump to go into you know into get into the win column you know at the end of the day they went 0-6 unfortunately uh i know that their expectations for this year are much higher uh going through their their non-league schedule here you know they play hayward james logan liberty el cerrito and livermore in that order I think three and two, two and three is honestly is my prediction for what, you know, obviously we haven't seen them yet. We haven't seen them play a game yet. We don't know how they're going to bounce back from that 0-6 season, but I see a two and three, three and two team through that non-league schedule. I think they only lose once in that non-league schedule. To who? I think the toughest game... Liberty is going to be a tough one. I think El Cerrito is going to be tough because of that secondary. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb. Monavis is not losing a non-league game. Never wow. mind. I'm going out on a limb with it. Wow. You have a lot of belief in Monavis. I do. Year. I really do have a lot of belief. Yeah. Who's, who's going to cover Jack Endries? Who's going to stop that? Who's going to stop I think I lost. Line? I think I lost uh, the predictions of our, you know, our prediction race last year because of Monavista. So maybe that's why I've lost a little faith. <laughs> yeah. Monavista ruined great last season, just FYI. Maybe that is why I lost some faith, because I think I picked them for like five of the six games that we predicted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think James Logan, you know, I got to go see them. I think they're an incredible team. They're not happy with our pick either. They're not happy with, with our pick against Cal. <laughs> I think that's going to be a really tough yep. game. Liberty, we know about them and how good they're going to be. El Cerrito, like you said, that defense. Livermore is a team that I think Sleeper is team. still really good. I know they lost Sean Smith. They lost Matt Pulaski, Eli Nettleman. But I'm telling you what, these classes they have, we're going to get into them in a little bit with the other side of Evo, yep. right? So we're not going to spoil that too much, but don't sleep on the Cowboys. Yeah, so I... I Two and three, I you know I, 
two, three, three, and two. I think they're right in that that range for for non-league play. And I had seen that I'm really excited for this year, California. Me too. I was at their practice last week. Kind of funny. They were practicing at a middle school, which, by the way, the Stanford Middle Schools have phenomenal football fields. It was just felt like I was in Texas at a school. But they've got some excitement there too. Coach Cal, what he's done there, he had to change it to a spread offense. From that heavy eye formation sets that Eric Bellici ran very successfully there. He comes in, all of a sudden COVID hits, right? He's trying to change it to a spread. You've got all their different variations of it. They're calling these plays really quick, really quick, right? You've got Teddy Boris. He's only played football for a few years. He comes in. What does he do last year? Okay, let's go through it. He had 1,200 passing yards, seven touchdowns. Jake Hubbard does graduate at running back. He had that injury late in the year, but Trevor Run, there's a lot of promise about him. Jake Calcogno, Coach Calcogno's son, the number one receiver in the North Coast section last year, the number two receiver, Dominic Toyer, is back. They've got some great players defensively. Alakai Alfoa, really smooth player on the edge. He's someone I'm really keeping an eye on. Cal, though, I'm just I'm excited about Cal this year. It, don't let the records I know that there's, fool you last year. There's a lot of hype with San Ramon Valley and Monta Vista this year. And they're somehow, some way, this team is just kind of flying on their radar. They're just kind of doing I their thing. I think they kind of like it, though. Yeah. No, I, I, it's it's putting a chip on their shoulder, and I think they're going to come out of this season. I think they go undefeated non-league. Yeah, let's go through their non-league schedule. We've got James Logan on the road. Sorry, James Logan, again. I know your Twitter's <laughs> not going to be happy, but Cal's... Both of our sides, and then Kyle Foster is the only one to pick James Logan in that game. Yeah. We got Cal yeah. winning a tough one over James Logan. Okay? Yeah. We know that's not going to be easy with Marcus Sanders and Khalid Robinson. You got Antioch, I think, is a win. Freedom's a win. Milpitas and Dublin's a win. Dublin's a, got a really good senior class that we're looking forward to. But Cal, I'm very – there's something about Cal that's really fun to watch and cover. I know you've got some of their games highlighted to hopefully cover this year. They're, they're a fun one. Coach yeah. Cal's a fun coach to cover. It feels like you're watching – just the Southwest football a little bit. It yeah. feels like you're almost watching a Texas Tech with these variations and that spread offense. It's like Mike Leach is coaching or something. Yeah, and last year, I mean, they were a field goal away from being Clayton Valley Charter, and they were really just a miraculous comeback away from beating San Ramon Valley. So when you look at their, their season last year, they're another team that's like, we should have had two more wins, you know, and they, when, when you look at their schedule last year. And then one more team before we go into kind of our predictions for league play, Amador Valley. Yeah, Amador Valley, they were, I know, kind of the early favorites to win the EBL Valley last year, but just a tough situation there, right? COVID hit, some players got hurt, some of their top Division One players ended up getting injuries last season. It was tough. You had a COVID situation at the end. They weren't able to play their last two games. They couldn't play Foothill, couldn't play Dublin. Amador Valley, though, I think is another team kind of flying under the radar. Danny Jones has done a great job. He's two years removed from winning a league title there. The alum for Amador as well as the head coach. Eric Hunter is gone. He's playing junior college football. You lose Josh Heverly, Gabe Solo, both through Division I kids. Quarterback graduates. There's a lot that I like, though, with Amador. So Brady Nassar, he's a great defensive lineman. University of Washington actually offered him this summer, too. Miles Tucker is a big-name 2023 kid who I think is kind of flying under the radar too, like Amador Valley. It's a tough league. Yeah. Okay, I don't think they're on the top half of the EBL Mountain this year, but what do we say about Clayton Valley two years ago? They were the bottom half of the league, and they won a state championship. So maybe Amador Valley is kind of in that similar realm. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think that I, – I don't think that they're the premier class of, of this league right now, and – 
And like you said, that's nothing to be ashamed of because this is one of the best leagues in, in California probably. But, you know, going through their their non-league play, they're still, I probably think about 4-1 and one this in non-league. Um, you know, they play Milpitas, Bear Creek, Dublin, Granada, and Foothill. You know, Foothill's that one where usually it's the last game of the year, but now they're in different leagues. This so is weird. It is weird. It so you like, see it in week five. It feels like the way college football is changing to where you're not playing your rival at the end of the year now with the way leagues and conferences are shaking up. Yeah. September 24th in-city rivalry just seems strange to me. But, you know, I know there's a lot riding on that game because we saw our Instagram comments. Everybody yeah. saw what happened yeah. there. That's a tough one. I think Amador, I'm with you though. Goes four and one. That foothill game though is going to be a classic. That's that's going to be a good one. There's a lot riding on that, especially especially after what happened last year, and they could not play that game. Let's go for now. What's your standings projections, Greg? And then let's pick MVPs. Yeah. So I, I, I you know, I keep on saying Ceremon Valley is the favorite, but I really love this Cal team. But I'm gonna go San Ramon Valley. Oh, I one. thought you were gonna go Cal. I, I, was, I thought you were gonna go I, Cal. Uh, I am. They're inches away from me. It, in week one, it might just change. I don't know. We'll see after they play a game. But I'm gonna go SRV one, Cal two, Clayton Valley Charter three, Monta Vista four, Angor at five. Okay. Yeah, and then MVP. Are we going offensive and defensive? We're gonna go overall, then offensive and defensive. Overall, Jack Quigley. Overall, yes. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's for sure something special about that kid. Defensive, I'm gonna go with Tanner Salisbury. I think he comes back and dominates this year. And then offensively, I mean, can he be overall and offensive? I mean, can Jack Wigley win both, or is that does that disqualify? I'll let you give him give out to him. Yeah, because I mean, I think he's gonna be the best offensive player. Okay, my overall MVP is Jack Quigley. My offensive MVP is going to be Jack Hendrys, and my defensive MVP is going to be Jack Catterton from San Ramon Valley, the linebacker. Well, the crazy part is he played with a broken back last year. Yeah. And look at those numbers he put up. I don't know how he did that. My standings projection, San Ramon Valley wins. Montevista's coming in second. They're mm-hmm. on a comeback this year with that senior class. Cal's three, Clayton Valley's four, Amador Valley's five. All right. All right. Fair enough. I think I think you're sleeping on Cal. I think you're sleeping on Cal. You know what? I love, I love Cal. Cal's one of those football programs, especially right now, that they're good. They're going to be good for a while. But a lot of games in this league are going to be decided by about three points. Yeah. I think that's going to be the difference in a lot of games. Montevista 2, also don't forget, they've got Nathan Price. I think that special teams play for Montevista 2 is going to kind of be a deciding factor in terms of field position, his ability to convert long field goals. I think that's what's going to help Monavis to get over the hump this year, too, is that special teams battle. Because all these teams on paper are even on almost every side of the ball, but what gives Monavis to the edge, I think, is special teams. All right. Fair enough. Well, we're going to move over to the other side of that division now. In the Valley Division, uh, what a year it was last year. Foothill finishing in that wild game against Livermore, who ends up second in the division. And then Dublin, with two and three record, finishes in third. Granada, at one and five, finishes in fourth. And then you had Doherty Valley with an 0 and 4 record last year. N- maybe not quite as good as the other half of the E ball division, but man, are, is there still a lot of talent in this league? There really is, because you look at it, right? These top, some of these top programs from last year. Foothill won the league championship under Greg Hobner. Livermore was right there. Their best season in decades with John Wade as coach. Dublin's a sleeper team with their senior class they've got this year. 
Unfortunately, we got some injury news again that we'll get into there in a little bit that I was told about yesterday. Granada, tough year last year, just kind of one of its one something we've talked about with COVID. Some teams you just kind of got to write off that season. Yeah. It's tough, right? But their quarterback, Brandon Shaw, he's not the biggest kid in the world, but I'm telling you what, he throws a fade route almost better than anybody else at this level. Doherty Valley, too, is a tough season. I think I think they'll make a little bit of some of improvements this season too. But let's go into the first team. Foothill schedule. First off, they've got Castro Valley, then they've got College Park Vanden week three. That's yeah. a great matchup yeah. against Vanden from Fairfield. You've got Freedom Week Four. It's I'm still having trouble saying that Amador Valley's a non league game, but it is in week five. Yeah. I mean, you look at this non league Vanden and Amador Valley are the two that really kind of And they've got San Valley, Valley too after Amador also. Yeah. Should, should mention that. It, that's true. They do. They have SRV after that as well. So I think those... You're right. I didn't even see that one there at first. Uh, San Ramon Valley, I mean, obviously that's a that's a big game. And your potential to two champions in their, in their leagues going at it. So four and two? I mean, that, that that's... Those Vanden, Amador Valley, San Ramon Valley, those are your three games. And if they can win two out of three, then it's five and one. If they lose two out of three, then it's four and two for anomaly for them. I'm going five and one. Five and one. Going out on a limb. Five and one for Foothill. I'm high on this Foothill. So team the one loss to SRV? Yes. The one loss is to SRV. I love Foothill's coaching staff this year, too. Hobner's done a great job there. He's really built that program. It was tough when you replace a legend like Matt Sweeney. It's yeah. like almost like you're replacing Nick Saban. No matter who comes after. Whatever, I don't know how you replicate that, right? But yeah. he won a league title last year. He beat Livermore in a tough game. He got revenge after that season opening loss, which was a non-league game. You've got Millard. Coach Millard's a great assistant coach with NFL ties. He's played at that level. I know he's been kind of rumored and been a name for head coaching jobs in the past. There's something about this Foothill team, this senior class. They won one game on the freshman team. And look at what they've done since. They've got yeah. Kenny Olsen. You've got Nick Walsh. You've got Connor Perez, Brandon Sousa. I've all of a sudden jumped their ways up to league champs within two years. Remarkable turnaround. The coaching staff's doing a good job. I'm high on this Foothill team. Nick Walsh, too, the quarterback, he might not wow you with the size, right? He might not just be someone that's throwing balls in the trash cans like Jack Quigley. Like that. Because maybe Nick Walsh just doesn't post that. You know what, Nick Walsh, let's have you post that. Because I would like to see you throw that because I believe that he can do that, too. Nick Walsh is a competitor. He's a leader. And nobody supports his guys more than Nick Walsh either. That's yeah. one thing too. You got to say he's one of the better teammates out there. He's a winner. Yeah, he's That's got, he's he's got smart. that confidence. He's yeah, he's confident. a very smart player. He yeah. doesn't make mistakes out there. That's what I like about him too. He, he's not someone that's going to try to be like Kyler Murray and extend the play fifty times, right? But he's going to get the play. He's going to get the job done. He's going <clears> to <throat> do a fantastic job at that. And you've got him and Kenny Olson, the senior class. I think Foothills that team where I'm high on them, and they're going five and one in non-league, nine mm-hmm. and one overall. Nine and one, though, then undefeated. Yeah, undefeated in the league. They're going to win league. Interesting. Well, I mean, so let's just get right into what we probably project as the second best team in this conference. I think right you now said um, in an earlier podcast, Livermore's going to win. I I didn't give my predictions yet. I'm just saying what is most likely what most but, people but think. I, but yeah, those are the two favorites. Yes, I'm with you on that. And Livermore, don't sleep on them either. I would not be shocked on if Livermore somehow finds a way to get this because. They've got their senior quarterback, Jack Martin. He's been a winner at every level. He takes over for Sean Smith. Learned great habits from Sean Smith, too, and Jack Martin's already had great ones. They start off the year against Livingston. 
that's supposed to be a 7 o'clock game, but for those of you wondering, I was out of practice last week. Coach John Wade told me because if you've driven by there, that new sparkling new gym, right? I swear every time I drive by that school, that gym triples in size. Yeah. But just with the way the electricity is set up, it's an older part of town, right? The history of Livermore High School, how it's the oldest high school in the state. Yeah. Just the wiring stuff. The lights may not be ready until opening day weekend with the electricity, or Labor Day weekend, I should say, with the electricity. So that's probably going to be a 5 p.m. kickoff. JV's going to be at, I think, 3 o'clock. So right when you get out of school, every student's going to be there. They've got Livingston. They've got Alhambra. They've got Gregory from Modesto, American Canyon, and Newark Memorial, and then Monta Vista to end the non-league slate to... I kind of want to take Gregory just because it's my name, almost. You know, they just they spelled it with an I instead of a Y. But <laughs> I think Livermore is going to be really good this year. I, you know, their non-league schedule. I think they might go undefeated. I think that Monta Vista game. I think that you're probably going to take Monta Vista. I have this weird feeling about Livermore this year. I, I have I this love, gut feeling. I love Livermore this year too. But I- it's hard for me to pick against You are in love with Monta Vista I right, am now. right now. I am I am salty with Monta Vista because of how last year finished and all that stuff. But yeah, I just there's something special about this Livermore team and I I really think that they're gonna go undefeated in in non league play and if they can get to Foothill in that first week of league. Livermore's going ten and zero is what you're saying? I'm saying that they're nine and one or ten and zero. Just make a make a pick with right. team. Just go ten and you can't say either or. Just go nine and one or ten. You, and we've been going either or all day. But we're not going to go either or here. We're gonna we're gonna go big. No, go I'm home. going because Monta Vista and Foothill. I think they could go one and one. In that in that play, I think if they beat Monta Vista, I think they beat Foothill. There's too much confidence coming off of That's that. That's a game. tough two game stretch. They do have the buy between Monta Vista and Foothill, but you look at that. You go to Monta Vista on October first. Two weeks later, at Foothill on October fifteenth. Yeah. I think if I think that. If they beat Monta Vista, they're going to beat Foothill just because of the confidence. Even though they had the bye week, that confidence is going to spill over into that Foothill game. If they lose to Monta Vista, I think that Foothill game makes it a little tougher, right? Coming off a loss for the first time on the year, I'm going to stick with my nine and one to ten and a prediction. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to go on GNT guarantee. This is what happening. I because I just we haven't seen them play yet. I just have a good feeling. Yeah, I do love this Livermore team. I love Coach Wade. He connects with his players really unlike other coaches I've seen. He's just got this way about him. He knows what to do. He connects with his leaders. One thing I like about him, too, is once he has his trust in a guy, he gives them all the reins in the world. He's Last year you saw him. Of course, anyone could trust Sean Smith, right, yeah. with him. But he was getting Sean Smith's input every single play. What should we do here? What should we do there? I think there's going to be that same thing with Jack Martin this year, too. They've got another great tight end in Maxwell Serpa. You go from Bradley Archer to Matthew Pulaski, who now actually is a firefighter. He had yeah. more than 10 offers, but he wants to, that's a career he wants to do, and he's a firefighter now, so great for Matt to do that. And now Maxwell Serp was the next big time tight end, the big six foot four prospect. That's a team to watch for. We're going to go into the next one, Dublin. I go through their schedule. I think Livermore's going to go 8 and 2, 5 and 1 in the Nile League with losses to Monta Vista Non League, then to Foothill in League, and then Dublin. A team, a senior class, unfortunately, Adam Moore had an injury last year. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was told he's got another injury. He's going to be out for this season. Tough break for that kid with all of his talent. But there's still a lot to like about this Dublin team. The senior class is that one that believes they can get them back to the playoffs. And when you've got Jaden Petrus, K.J. Sweeney, it's hard to argue against that, really. 
Yeah, no, I think they're still a very talented team, and obviously tough to see that injury and to see him out for the year again. Um, you know, it's obviously hard, and you know you kind of see how the team reacts to that. You can either come together, or you can be like, you can kind of fall apart. You know, it's usually one of, one of the two type. But I mean, they start off with a tough game, Heritage, uh, week one. Heritage has been improving. You know, they got that new coaching staff now um, for the second year, and Heritage is. You know, maybe the second best team in that league right now, um, and we'll get into that more later as well. But you know, that's a tough first game. Then Castro Valley, Amador Valley, Irvington, Liberty, Cal will round out their non-league play. In <laughs> that's that a order. tough non-league schedule. <laughs> it, I mean, it it can prepare them for what is still a tough league schedule as they play their first two weeks of league, or they go Granada, Foothill, Livermore, Doherty Valley. Um, it's a tough schedule. It's really tough, and I'm trying to find, you know, where's the wins? I think week one that they're going to lose to Heritage. Heritage is just too good. Week two, I, I could see them coming back with a win from there, so you're one and one. Amador Valley, I think you go one and two there. Two and two through Irvington. Um, and then Liberty and Cal, I think, you know, they should fall to two and four after those two games. Uh, Granada, three and four, I think, after that game. Foothill and Livermore, I think, three and six, and then four and six season. Uh, you know, you might have an upset there where they go five and five, but I think they're right in that four and six area. I think Dublin's a team that can pull off an upset, but I think they're in that four and six, five and five range. They're going to be a tough four and six, five and five yeah. team, right? Because of that senior class, I think, like you mentioned, with an injury that can either make or break you, I think it's going to make them. It's because you've got the KJ Sweeney's, you got that TJ yeah. Costello's, whose father is also a great basketball coach. He's going to be a three-year starter at linebacker. KJ Sweeney also at linebacker. Jaden Petras going by both ways. You've got a great offensive line, too. You've got Jay Cooney comes back, right? Dublin's going to surprise some people this year. They're going to make it tough. They're going to make it tough on every team. They're going to make it tough on the Livermores and the Foothills and the Amadors throughout the schedule. But I'm kind of with you on that projection. But don't be surprised if Dublin does pull off an upset. Yeah. I I guess what should be an upset on paper because I think behind the scenes we kind of know who Dublin is. And then after that, you've got Granada in this league, too. Last year was just a really tough year, right? Their 1-1 was against Doherty Valley, 41-7. They did show promise in that foothill game, lost 35-25. to So you don't want to lose. But just with the way the offseason went, to almost beat foothill there was it made it tough on the Falcons. They did. They've got their senior quarterback, Brandon Shaw, kind of split reps last year. He's got a fantastic arm. You've got Josh Henninger is a great tackle, special t- tackler, I should say, special teams guy. Good receiver who should be a great target for Brandon Shaw. You've got Kaylee Gomes, who shot the best in the West Showcase, a yeah. great defensive lineman. I think he's going to find his way to the next level, too. Granada, I think they can... They they're going to be better. They're, they're going to be improved. Yeah, I think they might surprise some people this year. And and we'll, we'll pull up their schedule here. But I think that last year, obviously... It's hard to take some things from last year and bring them to this year um, just because of how weird it was. So, you know, it's hard to say, okay, you had a terrible year. You're going to have another terrible year this year. I just It's just hard to say that. And, you know, they start off their season against Riordan um, in a non-league game. And then Heritage at home, Castro Valley, Amador Valley, San Leandro, Fremont, before they start off with Dublin to start off their league play. I, you know... That's a challenging schedule. It's too, another. Right? It's There's another a lot tough, of tough schedule. non-league games out there. You know, the WCAL, we all know about how good that league is. Um, you know that that could easily be 
a tough loss to their heritage. I think heritage is really good this year. So, you know, you could start off 0-2 in Castro Valley, 1-2 Amador Valley, you know, probably 1-3 San Leandro, Fremont. You might be able to get to 3-3 three three with those two games there, but it's going to be a tough non-league schedule. And then um, they also have Foothill um, in the middle of their league play as a non-league game on October 29th. You know what I'm going to say? Don't sleep on San Leandro and Fremont. We'll get into their leagues in later podcasts, but San Leandro's got their quarterback, Demetrius Freeney. He's got Division One offers, and Fremont's got a lot of big-time prospects. They're one of those Oakland programs on the rise. We'll preview the OAL yep. next week. But it's a tough schedule, though, like you mentioned, with the San Leandros, the Fremonts, the Amors, the Castor Valleys, the Heritages, the Reardons. If Granada can find a way to get to 3-3 three and three in that schedule, I think, I think it's impressive. They're going to be a lot better than I think a lot of people think at that yeah. point. That's going to show a lot how much how this program's improved just from last year to this year. Yeah, no, I, and I think, you know, getting the league, Dublin, tough game, you know. They're coming off a hard non-league schedule going into this game. It's going to be a battle of, you know, honestly, tested tested teams right there. Doherty Valley, I think they can get that win. Foothill and Livermore, I think those two teams are the class of this league. And, and those will be two losses in the season there. But I think that this team, you don't really know until we get into about the third week of, you know, where they're at. And I think when, once you get to week three, you'll kind of start to figure out, okay, what is Granada doing? Yeah, that's kind of what I've been talking with a lot of coaches too is, especially with the shorter off season, right? It's kind of weird because I don't think we're really going to feel normalcy again until next year because just because in terms of last year's longer off season, right? This year's a shorter off season because yeah. we had the spring season went until April and the and in Oakland it went until I think the first weekend of May with the Silver Bowl. Right. So I think week three, week four, week five is really going to be that time where you see, okay, hey, this really is what our team is this year. Okay, this is what's going to be our strength. Here's some guys that are really going to be consistent. Granada's going to be improved, though. I do like some of these guys they've got. Football in the city of Livermore, you do have to say, is really rising at all these levels. Livermore is a key aspect of that. We've seen Granada. I think they're going to be better this year. And then Doherty Valley is the other team in this league, too. They're non-league scheduled. They've got Concord, Newark Memorial, Washington from Fremont, Mount Diablo, Deer Valley, and Vallejo in that non-league before you get into that league schedule. Yeah, and I mean, Deer Valley obviously struggled last year. I, I think it's their 0-4 last year. Um, once again, I think this is a team that it's really hard to tell, you know, how they're going to bounce back. Um, you know, their schedule isn't necessarily the hardest schedule. Um, you know, they don't have any big-time games in there. Uh, as far as top 25 matchups, it looks like, at least from, you know, our top 25 rankings that's come out before the season. So, you know, it, this is a tough team to kind of predict what's going to happen. Um, but they, I think that they might struggle again this year. But I think that if they can see improvements going out through on the year, um, you know, it might be some some good vibes going through that, that program. Yes, I am with you on that. I think one player to watch for. It seems like this whole league, East Bay Athletic League, both sides, there's great quarterback play. I think Doherty Valley's got one in the DD event. I know he's done a lot of work the last couple of off seasons to become a really good quarterback. So Doherty Valley's going to be improved as well. Just a tough league out there. Into. That's, that's just the thing, right? That East Bay Athletic League, other side's going to be tough. Even if you're really good, you still might be at the bottom. And we've mentioned that on the other side too with Clayton Valley a couple of years ago. Now it's time for our award projections, okay? Well, first, let's go into the standings, then awards. What's your projected standings? <sighs> Livermore, Foothill, 
I'm trying to go between Granada and Dublin. I think right now I'm going to go with Dublin, Granada, and Doherty Valley. Um, and then as far as awards, man, that's tough this year. Um, I really like Martin at Livermore. I, I think if that they win this this league, that that's going to kind of propel them to, to that MVP conversation. Um, Kenny Olsen also is another guy out there. But I think MVP, just with his athleticism and what he does, I think we go Kenny Olsen, and then we go Martin for Offensive Player of the Year, and then Defensive Player of the Year, KJ Sweeney. Okay, I'm, I'm with you on this. Kenny Olsen for MVP. I think Offensive Player of the Year, I'm going to go Jaden Petras from Dublin, the running back, but Jack Martin's going to put himself in a good position there too, I believe. And then Defensive Player of the Year, KJ Sweeney from Dublin, but Connor Perez I think is going to make a statement this year too, that foothill linebacker. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be a great one, too. And Kenny Olsen could be an offensive and defensive player of the year with his overall talents. Yeah. So that's a good one. I know we do have practices coming up, so we'll do more league previews coming up. But we do have some of our first games this year. We'll get into our game picks before we wrap this podcast up. Future podcasts, we're going to have a BVAL preview coming up. OAL, WCAL, Peninsula Athletic League. We're going to have a lot of different league previews coming up on these podcasts in the next couple ones before the season does come up. But now, these game projections. Okay, we're, we're going to go into our games we're going to. First, Greg is going to Edison against Lincoln and Stockton on Friday evening, a 7.15 p.m. kickoff. And I'm going to Monterey Trail against Folsom for a 7.30 p.m. kickoff on Friday. I'm excited. For yeah. this. this is I gonna, mean, the return of football yeah. in two, two of the best teams, or four of the best teams, I yeah. should say, in all of Northern California. Uh, for my prediction, Jonah Coleman. And that's... That's the prediction. Uh, Jonah Coleman's going to win this game, and he's with Lincoln. He's on that Lincoln sideline. So wherever he's on the sideline of, I'm usually going to tend to go towards him because he's just an absolute beast, and I'm excited for him to get a full season this year. Um, and then Folsom. I, I think they're they're just one of the best teams. I mean, there, there's not much else to say about that. Folsom is one of the best teams, and I think that they'll almost dominate in that game uh, this upcoming week. And preparation against pittsburgh coming up soon yeah we've got and i think got that's some of these fun ones that's the game circled um obviously pittsburgh has sarah first but i think that is a game that's circled yes it is i'm gonna go we're gonna go through all these games first Folsom monterey trail i think we're both in agreement Folsom's gonna win that one lincoln edison we're both in agreement that lincoln's gonna win that one Lincoln's here. They don't just have Jonah Coleman. They've got a quarterback with a Tennessee offer. Tim Thomas, great linebacker, moves over there. Jamari on Briggs. Both those guys, Thomas and Briggs, are both actually Fresno State commits. you got to love what Fresno State is doing in Northern California to get some of that talent to stay home. Our next game, Janair versus Vacaville Christian. Vacaville Christian did not have a football season last year. They're back. Take just thoughts on that game. Yeah, I think Vacaville Christian obviously did not play last year. Um, I think that they have one of the most talented small schools that I mean, really, you could ever see. Zach Mercado, most talented small um, school. You know, last year you had Jerome Leakes, you have um, Kendall Allen as well. I think that that team, that you know, Kendall, I'm not sure if he's playing yet. You know, it's still to be determined if he's going to be able to play this year or not. Um, but I think that they're going to eventually win that game. Yeah, that defense they have, too, with Zach Mercado on the line. Bryce Pazdell, Bryce Pazdell yeah. phenomenal linebacker. I think Vacaville Christian's going to win that game. And then the next one, Yuba City versus Vanden. Yeah, I think Vanden, um, obviously, it was a tough year last year. And, and that's for 
for many different reasons. Uh, obviously, COVID and then the loss of, of one of their teammates. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Vanden in this one. I, I think that they're they're still going to be a pretty good team this year. Yeah, I really am high on Vanden this year. You've got Jamai East. You've yeah. got Amari on York. You've got Devin Martin. Vanden's going to be a really good team this year. Their team really watched for in the top 25 as the year goes on. The next one, Intercom versus Elk Grove. Yeah, Intercom versus Elk Grove. I think uh, Intercom's just basically one of the, you know always always seems to be one of the better teams, and I think they're going to continue to be a great program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Intercom as well in this game. That's going to be one. I think this game's going to be one that comes down to the late possessions of the fourth quarter, and then you've got Tracy versus Kimball. Yeah, this one's a this one's an interesting one for sure. Um, I think two really good teams, but I'm gonna have to go with Tracy on this one. Oh, Greg's going with Tracy. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm taking Kimball. Nick Coronado, senior year. Yeah. He's got some guys, Zach Lachek, on the defensive side. Kimball's gonna be a team that's really improving there, and I think Kimball's gonna be that team that pulls out that game in City rivalry. Then our last game before we wrap this up: Vacaville against Davis. Vacaville. I think this one's uh, it's going to be Vacaville by by a decent margin. I think Vacaville's one, an up and rising team, yes. kind of kind of you know put their name on the map this year of uh, people who might not know who they are. Yeah, I'm with you on Vacaville too. Vacaville's a team that went undefeated last year in the spring. They've got Darian Leon Guerrero coming back. They've got Ryan Vaughn at quarterback. Got Jacob Edmonds too. They've got a lot of players bound for the next level. You could say on this roster and a great coaching staff. So I'm with Vacaville on that one too but that does wrap it up for this edition of the west coast preps podcast we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up we've got games are finally coming back it's good to have the regular fall friday night lights back i'm excited for this monterey trail versus Folsom, lincoln versus edison follow all of our social media for coverage at west coast preps underscore subscribe to our youtube channel for interviews highlights everything else are on there and also follow all of our content with recaps, features, rankings. We've got our Bay Area Top 45 for players is wrapping up this week. Our Top 25 team rankings are wrapping up tomorrow and Friday. So check out all of this content at westcoastpreps.com.